0: When I had my surgery, and back in early 2000, when I first started looking into this, right, the dietitian that I went to to get my clearance, she told me on my first visit that she didn't believe in this surgery.
1: Oh wow! Welcome to the Regain Begun podcast where it's all about keeping weight regain at bay, overcoming setbacks, and getting real support after bariatric surgery. Here's your host, best-selling author, registered dietitian, and physician's assistant, Samira Khan. Game Vegan Podcast. I'm your host, Samira Khan, and today we are going to be talking with Lynn Thompson. For those of you who don't know Lynn, Lynn is an RN and a CBN. She has worked in the field of metabolic and bariatric surgery for the last 17 years. She was previously the VP of Clinical Quality and Compliance and responsible for the ASMBS Center of Excellence for Bariatric Surgery programs from 2005 to 2014, and she has personally performed almost 1,000 on-site inspections. There's nobody in the MBA specialty who has evaluated more programs or hospitals than her. Lynn's expertise lies in quality and compliance that has given her a distinct advantage in her current job as a consultant, She develops bariatric programs and helps programs prepare for accreditation. Lynn is also a patient. She had Roux-en-Y gastric bypass in 2003, and she still struggles with the disease of obesity just like all her patients. Her passion is improving access to care for patients while achieving excellent results, and in her spare time, she spends her time with her two beautiful grandkids. Hi, Lynn. I'm so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing? Thank you for having me, Samira. All right. So I just wanted to ask you, what was your aha moment when you decided in 2003 to go for bariatric surgery?
0: Goodness, you know, it is uh, such a part of my life back then that I rarely think about it. But it was actually, I was mugged. And uh, while getting mugged had nothing to do with my obesity—it sort of served as a just a wake-up call. I was unhappy in in lots of areas of my life and needed to make some changes. And I worked with someone who had had the surgery and had done well, and had done some research, but just wasn't ready to take that step. And I think when I was mugged, it made me look at just how short life is and that we don't know how much longer uh, we, we're gonna have and that I didn't wanna spend the time that I had left as unhealthy as I was at that time. So that was kind of my aha moment that I'm gonna move forward with the Wow, surgery. all right. So how difficult do you find
1: it to keep the weight off? Because you, you've had surgery a while ago, so it's been a few years. 2003. So, yeah. how difficult do you find it?
0: Very, very. You know, just because I've had surgery doesn't mean that the disease goes away. And um, I struggle continuously. I've had um, some weight regain and am working on that now, but I find it really hard. Okay. It's not, there's no magic involved in the surgery. Right. I think so, I, at one point I kind of thought that magically, um, you know, I would. The surgery would keep me from wanting to eat and that I would just always be happy with small little meals and not having sugar and um, all of those sorts of things. Right doesn't work that way. It
1: doesn't work that way. You realize that very soon.
0: Yes. All right.
1: But do you find it very challenging, like, you know, to control your meals, especially when your routine changes, when you're on the move?
0: Yeah, well, you know, for me, I think I have a lot more control than, than some of my friends who are patients because I, I am single and um, my daughter is grown and out of the house. So I can pretty much, yeah, I don't have to plan my meals around anyone else. And so that part is probably simpler, but I do travel a lot with my job and that poses some challenges and requires really lots of planning to be able to gain that. Yeah, absolutely, you know, because
1: traveling, you travel a lot, so for some of our viewers who also travel after bariatric surgery, I'm sure you can give them some insights on what do you do? Do you carry protein snacks with you when you're flying, or what exactly do you carry? Bars, a handful of nuts, what is your go-to snack?
0: Well, in my backpack, I, I have a variety. For a couple of reasons one because I never really know what I'm gonna be in the mood for and I,
1: okay.
0: I am hungry I want to satisfy that hunger with something that really really hits that spot so I typically will have a couple of protein bars with me I'll have some nuts and what I do is I buy them in bulk and then I'll I wrap them up in the little snack baggies okay serving size because i would eat the whole bag
1: right so portion control okay
0: have that portion control and then beef jerky or turkey jerky Mm -hmm. um, another thing that that travels will will well for me those are pretty much my go-to i'll sometimes do a piece of fruit but i'm much more drawn to the salty crunchy type snack foods more so than the sweets
1: uh, okay. So, gastric bypass, how many times do you think you experienced dumping syndrome?
0: Well, I think once is too many if you think. Right.
1: Heard. Exactly.
0: Um I know the first time I had it I wanted somebody to call 911
1: Wow, really? What were your symptoms?
0: Dying. Um my heart was racing, I felt dizzy, I felt nauseated. Um it was just a an awful awful feeling, but it passed quickly thank goodness so
1: you're you're like you you know you once you had it you know it's like a gatekeeper so you know you don't want to go through that again
0: exactly i remember that it was something i was allowed to have but i had too much of it and i didn't realize that you know the carbs i can't remember right it
1: could be even some people even experience it with fruit you know so that's crazy yeah so you're at the airport what are some foods that you would pick up at the airport
0: well fortunately a lot of the fast food places now have salad that helps um also the a lot of the big restaurants have barbecue places and you okay. can clean chicken or pork you know for protein that's usually what any I
1: sm- do you go for smoothies and things like you know like along those lines or you stay away from that
0: on occasion, but I am not, I don't like things really that texture. I'm not somebody that drinks milkshakes and I don't do well with protein drinks because of that. Okay.
1: All right. You know, on flights, they do sell snacks. Do you ever explore those or you stay away from them and you have your own? I just have my own. Correct. Okay. Okay. Now, what about road trips? Are you Do you go on a lot of road trips also?
0: No. Huge, terribly many, not nearly as many as I do work trips, but those are much harder.
1: Harder than flying?
0: Yes, I think because part of the experience in, in my family, we would go on road trips and it was always lots of fun because my parents would just load up on all our favorite snack foods. So I think there's that mental connection. Right a road trip and just having almost an unlimited supply of snacks that makes it fun. So it's a mental challenge to make it fun without all the snacks.
1: Okay. Uh, What about, you know, those pit stops, like where you go fill gas and there's a convenience store? Do you go through that those stores, or you don't even bother?
0: I try not to. I try to. You know, sometimes you have to because you need to go to the bathroom. But, right. But I try. You know, I try to just stay away from them.
1: What do you do for fluids? Are you a water person?
0: Well, I didn't used to be. I was a real cocaholic. Oh, wow. And, you know, it was nothing for me to fill a big gulp container a couple of times a day with soda. It was terrible. So giving up that soda and switching to diet soda Was very hard. I try to limit the number of of diet sodas that I have, and my goal every day is to have zero. But that is my one. That and coffee are my. I can't give up. You know.
1: So you still you still drink soda?
0: I do. I I am still able to drink it in limited amount. Um, Not with a straw. I sip it, but it's diet soda. But yes, the carbonation doesn't bother me
1: okay and anything else other than that are you a coffee person
0: i am a coffee person but water what i found is if i i put flavoring in it my new flavor that i found that i really like is basil in my water
1: how do you do that real basil leaves
0: Uh uh-huh i i grow mint and basil
1: oh nice
0: Uh, so both of those i've put in, in my water and it just gives it a really nice fresh flavor and of course flavor
1: to it and uh, it helps you drink more hopefully
0: and I um I fill a pitcher and then my goal is to drink all of that pitcher and I congratulate myself if, <laughs> if I refill the pitcher and drink more than more than that one pitcher in a day but yeah that I put flavoring fruit you know Whatever I have on hand. Right,
1: right, right. And what about um, are you eating enough protein? Because protein is constipating. So, you know, if you're not drinking enough fluids, do you feel like.
0: You know, only I found I tried um, with my weight regain to do a a diet that was uh, the Optavia diet, which I like but it was very constipating, which they told me was unusual, but it was a high protein. As I said, I'm not a sweet person. So my natural things are are meats and cheeses. You know, I like those. So I really don't have any trouble getting in my protein. I never have. Okay. And I don't, I take iron and I don't have any trouble with my GI tract. Only, like I said, with the Optavia.
1: So the iron supplements, you don't find them constipating.
0: I did, but I have found one that I really like.
1: Which one is that?
0: It's Hematenic. H e m e t i n i c, and I find I get it at the health food store. My primary care physician told me about it and I take one a day and i had had an episode gosh now it's been about 4 years where I passed out one day and they took me to the emergency room and I had an extremely low hemoglobin I had to- oh four units of blood. I had not been taking my B12 religiously. And you know, obviously I had to pay very close attention and get my blood counts built back up again.
1: That was a lesson huh, for you. Um,
0: it sure was you know even though I used to teach patients myself how important it was I wasn't following my own advice and I I would really I you know I would think oh you know I think it's time for my b12 but I didn't track it really well okay now I put it on my calendar as a reminder and it's written down and as soon as I do one injection, then, you know, I put the next one when it's due on my calendar so that I don't forget. Whereas previous, I was trying to just do it by memory. But anyway, after that, my primary told me about this hematenic And because the others that I was having to take were giving me a lot of problems. And knock wood, I have not had any problems since then taking, taking the hematenic. So. well
1: that is a that that is good. I'm glad you do that. What about your other vitamins do you do you keep track like the b you said the b twelve you do
0: now. I do now and I do the injectable. I know that it's
1: easier for you
0: yeah, you know I just I, I don't know if it's easier because I have my daughter give it to me. oh
1: wow, okay.
0: Myself, but I think because I'm old school nurse, I feel like it needs to go in the muscle to be really
1: <laughs> Correct, correct.
0: Even though we know we've got plenty of research that says that's not true. Right, right, right. And it's working for me. And after the scare I had, I don't want to mess with that.
1: exactly. You don't want to go back I, to that again. Yes. Yeah
0: want to I don't want to change that so absolutely I probably could but I just haven't been willing to try
1: try exactly all right so moving on to vacations I know you've been out of the country you've traveled to Jerusalem and you've been to Italy also right And Greece, yes. So tell me what happens when you go to countries away from here. How do you manage your food and and everything you need to do? Or do you splurge while on vacation and, you know, try to make the best use of it without getting into trouble again?
0: A little bit of all of that. Um, <laughs> I, I I can just say yes. <laughs> I do a little bit of splurging, but what I found on my trip was that because we were so active on the trip with sightseeing and, and so forth, and our days were busy and walking way much more than I normally do, I was so much tireder when I didn't adhere to my diet. And oh, I really splurged. I mean, I can't say that I adhered to my diet, you know, the whole time I was there at all. I think I I splurged some every day, but maybe more accurately would be to say the days that I really splurged a lot, I was actually tireder. I didn't have enough energy, and so I felt better when I when I stuck closer to what I'm supposed to eat, drinking my water. I would get tired of lugging my water bottle around, but I found I was drinking so much more and I was using a lot more because of the activity. Activity level. Okay. Uh, the actual food, I don't think it wasn't that hard. You know, I mean, I wasn't going to any areas where I was in cities, you know, the whole time. And so it, 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 I didn't find it that different than in the U.S. All right. So what about Alcohol. Well, I've never been a really big drinker. I enjoy a glass of wine um, here and there, but it's absorbed so quickly in my system. I don't like that loss of control. So alcohol's not that big of an issue for me. I okay. um, wasn't a really big drinker before my surgery, so it's not a huge change for me after. I can tolerate alcohol a little better. I mean, better now than I could the first few years after my surgery. But um, I still, I'll have like one to two glasses of of wine, and and that's it. I drank more wine in Italy and Greece than I had in a long time. Long time here in the U.S., right? Yes, but you know, I I tolerated it okay
1: so you feel as a as a bariatric patient you're still leading the life of a regular person right there's nothing that is holding you back you're still enjoying your life you don't feel deprived what are your what is your take on that after bariatric surgery
0: oh absolutely i don't i don't feel deprived in any way i'm glad that i had the surgery i had a number of comorbidities before I had my surgery, diabetes, sleep apnea, hypertension, high cholesterol. And let's see, that was in 2003. And so it's been 16 years this month.
1: That's such an accomplishment.
0: It's it's it really is is great. And probably for 12 of those years, I didn't take medications for any of those things. And I did about three years ago. I have to start taking a blood pressure medicine again. Okay. And, you know, I have a strong family history and, and then I'm, you know, I'm getting older, so I think that's pretty darn good.
1: What about the CPAP? Do you use any? Um, any?
0: I haven't since I came home from the hospital, and I had I had had to use it for like three or four years before my surgery. Oh
1: wow, that's it. That's the end of the CPAP. There, then no more.
0: That's right.
1: And you never had any complications, or anything with the gastric after the gastric bypass down the road, like any hernias or any did you have your gallbladder issues
0: they took my gallbladder during my surgery and
1: oh at the same time so that's good
0: yeah mine was back in 2003 it was before they were doing them laparoscopically but not too many back then so mine was open and so they took the gallbladder at the same time i did about five years later have my appendix out but I've not had any other problems. I, do, I have a small um, incisional hernia, but not one that needs to have any intervention at the present time.
1: How often do you follow up with, the, with your healthcare team?
0: Oh, no, I'm religious about my follow-up in my labs.
1: Really? Even so many years later?
0: I think it's so important. Now, I do not go to my surgeon. My surgeon has retired. Right. Um, his office is closed, but my primary care physician monitors Uh, everything for me. And because I'm involved in this field, I basically tell her what I want her to do. (laughs) Okay. Um, And she follows, you know, and she does that. She says, I've, I've done a lot of educating for her, and now she has many more bariatric patients than she did when I first had my surgery. Absolutely.
1: And also, do you feel like people who've had the surgery so long out, they should still stay in touch with their therapist and dietitian in case they fall off track and they're struggling to get the weight off?
0: Absolutely. And I'll tell you, you know, for people that are considering surgery today or that have recently had surgery you know i think you're very fortunate because they're are lots of specialists like Samira in this field that have specialized in bariatric surgery. When I had my surgery, and back in early 2000, when I first started looking into this, right. the dietitian that I went to to get my clearance, she told me on my first visit that she didn't believe in this surgery.
1: Oh, wow. That's, that's how you started <laughs> that, your first that, step.
0: That started my, you know, yeah. my consult and and everything was sort of you know like I think you're making a big mistake
1: things have changed things and have absolutely
0: radically. but if any of your you know of your listeners should find themselves with with a provider that's not supportive just look for someplace else because you don't have to look that far anymore there are lots of people that have specialized in you know metabolic and bariatric surgery and important piece. But as a consequence, I, you know, I am struggling with weight regain. And there's not really anybody here that I have a relationship with to help me, you know, through that process. So, you know, I think it's, it's really an important piece. Are you a part
1: of any Facebook uh, groups for support? Or do you have any kind of support groups or anything that you go to? Do you have time to do that? It's tough, I know, with your busy schedule.
0: I don't really. I went to support groups, you know, when I had my surgery and I, I enjoyed them at that time. Of course I led them then when I you know when I began working in this field, but that's just not me. I know that it's really effective and important to some people and I'm not against them. It's just not what I like. Okay.
1: So Lynn, so what do you have to tell people who are sitting on the fence? with bariatric surgery, any words of support for them or any insight?
0: I would say, I would tell you, don't let anyone talk you into bariatric surgery. I think it's really important that it be a decision that you make yourself and something that you really want to do. I think you need to see the value of it because there's no magic involved it is a tool that will go into your toolbox to help you treat your disease of obesity and it's a powerful tool and it's a wonderful tool but it's only effective if you work with it and so by working with it you have to you have to stick to your diet you have to do all the things that your program your dietitian, your coordinator your surgeon tell you drinking water, exercising, getting your vitamins and minerals in, eating plenty of protein, all of those things take preparation, thought, and work. So it's not something that you are able to just sit back and let it work. I'm here to tell you, the first year, you can do a lot of sitting back and, and letting the surgery do its thing. Mm-hmm. Um it it does, and it seems like magic because the pounds are just falling off. They just away. fall
1: off, yeah. After
0: you have struggled for so long to lose weight, it's pretty intoxicating, you know, and you kind yep, of... Yep, exactly
1: falling. how it is, right?
0: Yes, but that's the honeymoon, and enjoy the honeymoon, but during that time, also put in place the long-term habits, that are going to sustain you. And and that's where I failed, you know, and where I'm trying now to, you know, to really work on making those habits a part of my life.
1: That's amazing, Lynn. Thank you so much. I hope you guys make the best use of your day during your weight loss journey and may Regain Be Gone continue to change your world. I also have a free resource for all my listeners. It's a journal on how to overcome cravings. Click on the link below and all you have to do is enter your name and email and your free copy of Bye Bye Cravings will be sent directly to your inbox.